0: Routine's good for work. The problem with it, I have found, uh, especially as I get older, uh, routine can, it can really lead to rigidity. Mm. And I, as I get older, I do find myself so comfortable with my routine that when there's a deviation from it, I I don't always do well. I'm not a, I don't like change. I'm very much a creature of habit. The older I get, the more I find that to be true.
1: You're listening to the Routine Project Podcast, where I, your host, Justin Crawford, am getting into the minds of today's leading entrepreneurs, thought leaders, celebrities, and so many more with one mission in mind, understanding their routines so we can get into building the ones that make the most sense for us. This is the one podcast that's hyper-focused on routines and routines only. What's cool is I feel like we're learning with the guests of the show because sometimes they come on here and they don't even know that they have these routines. I'm excited you're here to learn something new. So thank you for clicking play wherever you're tuning in. Now, here's today's episode. Hey, friends, welcome back to another episode of the Routine Project podcast. Today, my friend Craig Melvin joins us. Craig is an award-winning news anchor on NBC News' Today a co-host of The Third Hour of Today, and a host of the syndicated Dateline NBC broadcasts. And although he's famously known for his time on television, where he's built his amazing career that I've been watching for years now, Craig is a loving father, husband, and author of the autobiography, Pops, Learning to Be a Son and a Father. Craig Melvin, as always, I'm honored to have you on this podcast, and I'm so excited to chat with you in this way on this show.
0: Justin, thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. I always enjoy our conversations.
1: We have so many questions that I could be asking you around your routines and habits, but I know that as a busy news person, right? Someone who's working in an industry that's continuing to evolve and change. I know people who are tuning in right now, either from your side of the house or ours have that sense of curiosity for someone that has to almost keep such a regimented schedule like yourself. Something I want to talk with you about a little later, but my first question is in your career ultimately, and then in your lifestyle that you've created, um, was there ever a point in time where Craig Melvin had uncovered what routines were and how useful they would be in your career?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Um, no, I, you know, I think part of my routine has always been a function of, 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 of my job. So I'm, I'm forced into routine, which, which is, I think, for me at least, it's been a very good thing because when left to my own devices, I don't do very well. I need structure. I need regiment um so you know when i started doing early morning television years ago um it 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 was it was very good for me i have trouble when i when i take a week or two off from work and it's it's unstructured it takes me like a day or two to sort of uh, reacclimate if you will um to to that world which is why i think i'm probably going to make a make for a terrible retired person but i digress um, but routine for me, like it's it's every morning, you know. I'm I'm pretty much up at the same time unless something terrible has happened overnight that necessitates me getting up even earlier. Uh, but I'm usually up around 3:45. Um, and man, maybe four, four fifteen, somewhere between then, depending on the morning. I'm usually in the car five o'clock. And on the drive in from Connecticut, I'm on my phone. And I'm reading in. I'm reading notes about the show. Um, And once I finish reading notes about the show, like if I have a live interview or something, Mm -hmm. or if I have a shoot that day, I'm reading those notes. um, And then I start reading the newspapers, um, the Times, the Washington Post. I'm still old school. Well, old school in the sense I still read newspapers. But I I do read them on my phone. So, But it's funny, up until a couple of years ago, I actually had like the physical newspaper in the back of the car. And then I, I did finally decide to graduate to, to a smartphone.
1: There we go. And just try not to, I know that in your career too, and, and your day-to-day job, let alone, you're always staring at a screen. And I know that back in the day, it might not have been so much that, you know, like you had said, you're you're now constantly on your, your phone or tablet on the way to the office. You said you digress, but I think it's interesting. You brought up the fact that for so long, you've almost needed to have a routine. Whereas most people, I think, for, I mean, a lot of the folks that we've had on the show already can define, like you had said, a morning routine. What does that structure really look like? But in the sense that people are often trying to find and recreate that. So I, w- I was recently on this show with someone who said, "You know what? I'm changing my routines." He said, "I'm ready for new routines." Do you think that's something that you would be able to do in the in the work that you do in the business that you're in? Is to take what you've already known for so, like Craig Melvin, you've done this for so long, and with all respect to it's like that's your life. You know, yeah. and people have loved you for it and you love the job. You love the career. But if you were to ever rewire or reset a routine,
0: do you think it'd be possible? You know, it's funny you ask that because, you know, it, it, every now and then it will come up and someone will say, well, have you ever thought about evening news? I'm like now, no, I, I, no. <laughs> I, my body clock, it's I've been doing this now for a decade. I can't. I wouldn't be able to be Lester, although it's important. It's important to note that Lester did morning television. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a long time, he did weekend today, and um, so he—I guess—he managed to adjust. But part of my routine also serves another function. Justin, I have small children, mm-hmm. so it works well for me. I'm able to I get up um, sort of in the middle of the night when they're still, you know, dead asleep. I miss the mornings. I don't—I don't usually get to get them out the door for school with my, with my wife, uh, but I'm there in the afternoons and evenings. So I can, I'm there for the soccer practices. I coach my son's basketball team. I'm able to get to uh, my daughter's, you know, gymnastics events and her hip hop dance recitals. Mm. So I get the afternoons and the evenings. I can read the books at night. I get that. So I think for me, at least at at this age, um, it's the perfect routine. I would rather have afternoon evening duty. Um, than the morning duty. The problem arises on the weekends when I have both the morning, mm. afternoon, and I also have the evening duty shift. So that I will say that's the one thing about the routine that really does kind of suck because my body clock is so adjusted to what we do Monday through Friday. Like it's sat like Saturday morning rolls around mm. invariably at six or six 30, my body clock goes off and it's like, <gasps> What's wrong? You're oversleeping, and so I I wake up angry on Saturday and Sunday um, because I can't go. I can't get back to sleep because my routine screws me on the weekends.
1: <laughs> and then you brought up vacation, not uh, you know, quite a bit ago, but that's also something I think that anybody who's in your space it's like a 24-hour news cycle so as you're trying to and this is just me speaking out of curiosity but i'm sure if anybody's tuning in who knows that the world of like even sports news entertainment news what have you anything that's a 24-hour cycle of work for the most part it is hard to come out of that so once you do know that a vacation is coming up or something is in the works where you know you're going to need some time off or maybe craig melvin one day will take a sabbatical who knows how do you prepare for that? Are there systems in place where you are then like, okay, well, if I'm going to be out of town for two months and I'm, or two weeks, even, you know, what does that look like for you? And then how do you mentally prepare to come out of your body clock, but ultimately be away from work?
0: It's hard. It's, it's, uh, and my wife would tell you, I'm, I'm not always the best on vacation. It's hard to unplug. Um, it's hard to completely detach from, from the world because that's kind of what we do for work and, uh, but usually by day two or three, but usually by day three, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty unplugged. And mm. I have no idea what's happening in the world deliberately. So I, I, I leave the phone down. I try not to look at it because everyone that I kind of talk to and hang out with, they're there as part of the vacation anyway. So the routine's good for work. The problem with it, I have found, uh, especially as I get older. Uh, routine can, it can really lead to rigidity. Mm. And I, as I get older, I do find myself so comfortable with my routine that when there's a deviation from it, I I don't always do well. I'm not a, I don't like change. I'm very much a creature of habit, not to sound like the old man on the porch, waving his fist at the kids on the lawn. um, But the older I get, the more I find that to be true. I, I, I'm becoming more rigid. My children attest to this. Um, my wife, it, it's, and you know, it's funny because she's very, shall we say whimsical. Um, she likes the sort of, oh, let's do this, let's go out. Maybe what we have people over unannounced or whatever. I'm like, whoa, 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 no, 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 here, here, here. No surprises, no surprises. She likes surprises.
1: That's so funny you say that. Cause I think that when we've ever talked about relationships or routines in relationships, it is so interesting how people are having to do the song and dance with their partner. So yep. what does that look like over the years? Are you do you have to take your, you know, not type A, but you know, your, your very regimented, routined, uh, almost personality now? It becomes a part of yep. who you are. Are you having to take that and almost wind it back, knowing that she's gonna want to be a little bit more whimsical, as you'd mentioned?
0: No question. I, I used to fight it. And then you, you're married long enough and you just you surrender. Um, and so I, I, I typically, I'd say 75% of the time, I give in. And if it's, you know, she wants to have dinner with friends on Friday, Saturday, and a brunch on Sunday, I'll say, two's fine, <laughs> can't do three. You know, like it's, she likes to go, go, go. She really enjoys, she really enjoys people and me not mm-hmm. so much. Um, if if left to my own devices, I'd probably be in my basement with the bourbon in hand, you know, watching my shows. And That's great. Living a life of solidarity. It's I think it's great. Apparently, it's not a, it's not healthy. Um, you're, <laughs> you're supposed to uh, interact with people to cultivate friendships that last a lifetime, and blah 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 blah.
1: Do you think you've done so much of that in your career? And that's kind of why you've, I mean, that's considered what an extroverted introvert or vice versa. Like you, you know, you yeah. probably recharge by yourself. Do you not?
0: I do. Solitude is precisely what recharges me. And I think it's, you know, I get up, you know, early in the morning and and from the time I get here, I'm talking. That's, that's, I'm mean, not <laughs> Says like the man who gets paid to do something. <laughs> they pay me to talk. They pay me to ask questions. I get it. It's the gig. I signed up for it. I enjoy it. I really do. But consequently, I think once I'm at home, I don't want to talk. I, I just want, I want a little, little, little quiet. I want to read a little bit, maybe play with the kids. And, you know, the, the, the funny part now is both of my children are ages where mm-hmm. as soon as they walk in the door, it's the full debrief on the day. It's, I mean, it's, so I, I get about a two and a half hour window of, of quiet time um but i'm i'm the only person in my house that needs it everyone else mm. prefers the noise the incessant noise the constant talking
1: <laughs> two and a half hours that's a routine in and of itself that i'm sure has been something oh, you yeah. sounds like you needed this you oh, needed yeah. that two and a half hours for this for no you know question. over the course of your life
0: no question sometimes people ask me about my commute cuz i live an hour Roughly an hour away from the studio. And they're like, God, does that commute kill you? I'm like, absolutely not. The <laughs> commute some days is the best part of my day. It's 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 cathartic. You can be alone with your thoughts. You can, you know, return an email or phone call, but it's also just nice quiet time. I'll listen to a to an audio book or I'll, mm. I'll listen to something on Audible. It's 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 nice. I mm. think one of the functions of our of our our, our modern society, Justin is that so many people feel compelled to mm. fill every waking moment of the day with something. Everything's scheduled. There's no downtime. There's no downtime. I love that. Like, if you're – <laughs> I'm started.
1: imagining, Craig, if you guys are watching it, if you guys aren't seeing any of these social bits online, uh, I can. I think you're imagining him with the, you know, I don't know if you smoke. Hopefully not, but if you do, whatever. Uh, you know, with a cigar and his bourbon on his porch, oh. just hanging out. That peace and quiet. That's now three and a half hours. I'm doing the math. You see that? We're both like a, 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 at least three and a half hours a day of of solitude. So if you had to take that three and a half hours that you are able to kind of be alone, not just with your thoughts, but even just like rest your brain. How have you found that to be so valuable? Because three and a half hours, Craig, to your point, is what people are not trying to just let be. They're trying to fill that three and a half hours up. So for you, what are the positive things that are coming out of those moments of silence, solitude, audiobooks?
0: books? It's, it's where I come up with a lot of my story ideas. Uh, love, in fact, I'd say 90% of my ideas come up, uh, come from, from that quiet time. Uh, it's also where I reflect on, not to sound you know cheesy or... Or, or, or introspective, even. Um, it's where I think about like my life, how I'm living my life. Um, it's also where I I can sometimes work myself into a what I call uh, worry mode, where you start thinking about, oh God, did I did I did did I do this, or should I have done this a different way, or I really should call and check in on mom. I haven't talked to her in a couple of days, or haven't talked to my brother in a in a couple of days. I, so I do I do that in that time. Mm-hmm. But I also, I think you and I have talked about this. I also, in the morning, part of my morning routine is uh, I use this app called Headspace. There are are other apps out there, Um, but I I have 10 minutes of quiet before I go down to the studio in my dressing room where it's guided, it's mindfulness. I don't like to use the word meditation because it comes Mm. in images of, of monks and gongs and people sitting like crisscross applesauce style. That's not what I do. Uh, but I do, I do take lots of deep breaths, and I just sit in silence. It's, it's, it, it continues to baffle me how uncomfortable most people are with just silence. Mm. Everyone's looking to fill silence. You know, it's, and and I have found as an interviewer, quite frankly, some of the best stuff I've gotten has come from resisting the urge to to fill a silence gap, mm. thought. If, if, if you ask someone a question and they give you an answer and it looks like they're thinking about um, elaborating on that answer, a lot of folks who interview for a living, they're uncomfortable with the two seconds. So they jump in with their thought of the next question. And I have found that if you sit and you wait, they'll feel so uncomfortable after a few seconds They'll say something else. And oftentimes that's something else. That's the nugget. That's the best part of the interview.
1: See what I did there? I
0: did. I noticed that. Do you see what I did? I'm there? like flipping my computer. Dude, I, I love talking I, to you. I wasn't going to get, I wasn't going to break your silence. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to let you do it for five minutes. We We would have sat here for five minutes and people who listen to your podcast, they would have thought something was wrong with their device. The
1: <laughs> <heck? What> the <laughs> bring another good point, which is not just in moments of silence, but what do you do with the silence? You sit still. And it's something that people are often trying to uncover what, the meaning of that could be for them, it goes to what your thoughts might be, right? And then I know you had the thought of creating your book and everybody, uh, I really encourage you, especially if you're a father and someone who's really trying to find that balance. If you have a busy lifestyle like Craig, I'm gonna link that one below in addition to all of the social accounts and such too and in the show notes. But you know, I remember when you wrote this book, and like, I was watching NBC, you talk about it. I, was, I brought you on the podcast around it with the men of the hour. And I just go, okay, so when did you have time to think about writing this book? When did you have time to even like think of the words that were going to go into a book of this kind? And clearly it might've been that three and a half hours per day, but you know, like you had said, some ideas are coming up, some new stories, how you're thinking about your day. I want to ask you about values while we have a couple of moments here, just in the sense that people are looking and the whole reason we created this particular podcast was just with this bigger picture that routines are not always going to look the same for people. What works for Craig and Justin doesn't work for anybody listening right now, or it may work for everybody listening right now. But the point being is that you have to understand what your ground values are or what you want them to be. And I think from hearing yours, we'll get a really good understanding as to how everything you've just talked about will totally make sense. But what do you feel like you've had as your Grounded values throughout this entirety of your career as you've built a family, and then ultimately, like even getting to write a book, like what have been the core values that you've held on to?
0: Faith, family, and friends. I know it sounds like a bumper sticker, uh, but it's been, for me at least, it's been my North Star since, you know, since I before I got into the business. And I think, you know, I, I think it, it has served me well so far in the sense that people who have known me for 25, 30 years, one of the great compliments, I think you can pay someone who's achieved any reasonable modicum of professional success, uh, worldly success is, you know, when someone says, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of the same guy you were back in, back in high school. And, and my friends will say that now. They're like, dude, you haven't changed. Uh, sometimes I think they mean it disparagingly, but I, I, I take it as a compliment. Um, but those, those three things have, have always grounded me, um, my faith and my sense of family. And I surround myself with, with good people. I've, I've, a lot of the friends that I've, I have, some of my dearest friends, we've been friends for 25 years. I take a guy's trip every year with a bunch of guys. We've been friends since the seventh grade. Uh, one of my oldest friends, Sylvester Williams, we've been friends since we were three. We were in preschool together. And as we grow up, as we've grown up, we don't have as much in common um, in in terms of perhaps how we view the world and some of our life experiences, but um, the bond of friendship is uh, is something that 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 I would consider uh, one of my three great values. There is something else, Justin. I keep this in my office, and I'll show it to you. This is a podcast, so people can't see it. So I'll try. Yeah, and- well,
1: we can pull this and pull it right on social uh, if we need to. What is but, this?
0: But this is uh, my mother years ago. I was dating a woman that she didn't, she didn't really like um, in, my, in my early 20s. And she gives me this thing. And it's, she used to give me all these motivational books and, 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 and things for, for my office and walls. This is one of the three or four I actually kept. But it's called the 21 Suggestions for Success. Um, and I've had it on my desk for, gosh, probably more than 20 years now. Um, now I will read number one to you because again, this is when I was dating someone she didn't approve of. Number one on the list: marry the right person. This one decision will determine ninety percent of your happiness or misery. Uh, that was her motivation and getting it for me. I've since she, she mind you, she was right. Um, but some of the other things, just on on this, like where I look at it every day, it's be generous, be loyal be honest, Be I mean, things like that. I I surround myself with with those affirmations, if you will. And I've been doing them for 20, 25 years because I'm convinced, Mm. again, as cheesy as it may sound, uh, some of it does happen by osmosis. Mm. You know, if you are constantly taking in garbage, um, consuming garbage, reading garbage, watching garbage, at some point it takes a toll on your spirit. It takes a toll on your soul. But if you surround yourself with, with things like this, um, I think it has the opposite effect.
1: I knew we had a lot to learn from you, Craig Melvin, once again, and, You know, I have one final question before we get you going. Uh, This busy man always gives me his time. So I can't thank you enough, my friend. And again, in the show notes, we'll link everything below that we've either talked about or things that I want you to find out about Craig, especially with his new book, Pops. I say new, but I want to say it's new because I want people to go get it right now. You know,
0: this came out in paperback. So technically that's new.
1: There we go and I'll, I will have it right there. My last question for you is around routines. I mean, I, you couldn't have said anything better to help inspire people to get off this podcast and kind of start thinking about everything that you'd mentioned, uh, for this entire time. But this final question is if you had to give us one thing that you do every single day, non-negotiably that you cannot live without, it has to be something tangible or, or not, but what is one thing you feel like you do every single day non-negotiably and have done for a long time where it adds pure value to your life that con- is considered a routine?
0: It's going to seem so small, um, but I, and I, I just started it um, a few years ago, but it serves me well. I take big, deep breaths. I do, it, I do it a few times every day. Years ago, I did a story on a guy named Andy Puttukum who started this app called Headspace. To be clear, I'm not a paid uh, endorser of the app, but I do like it a lot. And I was doing this story with with Andy Puttacombe and we were in the New York City st- subway. And Andy was, not to give away too much of his story, but um, he had, he'd gotten in a terrible accident when he was younger. And as a result of the accident, he decided he was gonna check into a, a monastery for a couple of months just to get his head right. And he ends up staying there for several years in this monastery. And he comes out of this monastery, a changed person, obviously. And he, de- he decided that he wanted to help others um, experience what he had experienced. Um, and he quickly realized that most people didn't have the time, the money, or the inclination to check into a monastery for several months, certainly not years. And so he, he boiled it down to a couple of small things that people could do every day to, to really help. And one of the, if not the biggest thing, one of the biggest things was a few times every day, in, just basically into the nose, hold for three or four, and then out to the mouth. And I'd, I'd probably do it a half dozen times a day. Um, and it forces your body, it forces your brain, it forces everything to slow down. It forces you to be present at least for a few moments um and it's it's something small but i do it every day especially with small children
1: that's (laughs) small children and this lifestyle that you have i mean i yeah i everybody take a deep breath for sure if you click play when you could have chose any other podcast thank you uh thank you for coming on this one when you did wherever you tuned in craig melvin thank you for your time your energy your thoughts it was such a It was such a nice thing to bring a familiar face on a podcast like this, but in such a different way. And, and for everything you've said, I can't thank you enough. And everybody, I hope you take enough deep breaths. Like Craig had said, Uh, I hope you check out everything in the show notes. Uh, And then ultimately I'm sure we'll have Craig on another podcast of mine. So be sure to follow him and myself and everything that's coming up. Uh, And so I hope you guys learned something new on this one, Craig. Thank you so much again, my
0: friend. Justin, you're very good at this podcast thing. Thank you.
1: It's Justin again, and that concludes today's episode. I hope you learned something new or exciting about routines or at least took something away from the guest I had on the show. Now, I've got plenty more episodes coming up on this podcast, so be sure to click that follow button wherever you're listening. Oh, and you know how it goes. The show only gets better when I hear from you, so drop a rating and review and let me know what you loved and maybe what we can do better on this podcast to keep you coming back each week. Now, until I get that next episode to you, start building the routines that matter most to you and inspire others to do the same.